This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. Very busy show to get through tonight. Lots of things happening. And we'll get straight into our news updates. Uh, Cricket South Africa look to name an unchanged side for the second Sunfall Series Test match against Australia. That test starts at St. George's Park in Port Elizabeth tomorrow. Proteus batsman Temba Bavuma has recovered fully from his hand injury, but his lack of match fitness looks like Tennis de Brain may retain his place in the side after a good showing in Durban. Proteus captain Faf Duplessis. Not yet. We're talking about a few combinations. Not sure if you want to make a change yet. If there is a change, there'll probably be one change. Yeah, it's obviously Temba and Tienes weighing up where, where Temba is coming from a long injury, coming from a layoff, um, whether he comes back. Um, so that's something we, we're talking about. And just from a bowling, bowling combination point of view, checking what, are we, what can we do to always look to get wickets. Um, so just the combination of, of the team with the balance and stuff. So, But yeah, I, I would assume not more than one change. Cricket uh, Australia have uh, confirmed they'll be playing an unchanged 11 for the match. T20 action, Bangladesh up against India in Colombo. Bangladesh banning first 139 for 8 in their 20 overs. India currently 88 for the loss of 2 after 12. They need 52 runs off 48 balls. There is some live football action to look forward to in Europe tonight. It is the round of 16 uh, in the Europa League. The pick of the fixtures this evening sees Arsenal away to Milan. And finally, in cycling news, Marcel Kittel has won stage two while Peter Sagan, uh, and ahead of Peter Sagan, rather, while Patrick Bevan's fifth place was enough to secure him the race leader's jersey at uh, the uh, Tirreno Adriatico. Uh, and uh, at the Paris Nice, Luis Leon Sanchez maintained his overall lead after Jerome Cousins claimed uh, stage five honours ahead of Neil Spilot and uh, Andre Greipel. Coming up next, we'll chat some athletics. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Well, there's some live athletics action to look forward to this evening. It is the second of three athletics meets that are taking place uh, this month. And tonight it is coming to you from Takis in Pretoria. Last week uh, we saw the action take place at the Reimsuch Athletic Stadium on the west end of Johannesburg. Next week it all moves to the Cape uh, in Paul. But uh, I think the big draw card tonight at the Liquid Telecoms event is Justin Gatlin. There's been lots of talk this week about the current world champion in action in a 150-metre sprint race, uh, which is not a normal uh, distance for uh, sprints, but it should be a great race nonetheless. Nice with Job Adwana going to be running up against him. Uh, Jeff Ailiff is there. Jeff, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Brad. Nice to be back. Jeff, before we touch on tonight's event, uh, let's just sort of touch on last week. In your mind, a big success? Brad, it was. You know, there's, there's so much excitement, and, and obviously the majority of the reason for the excitement is, is having this level of international athletics back in South Africa. And, uh, you know, it was, it's just so exciting. And, and it, uh, the, the, the time I realized just how, how good it was was when one of the SABC camera crewmen said to me that the, the mood amongst the SABC crew has not been this good and this upbeat for a long time. And certainly the kids are excited, uh, um, and, and there's just so much, as you said, the, the, the big uh, highlight tonight, uh, the arrival of, of the top American, the current world champion, Justin Gatlin, and that's just given it another boost. So, yeah, running, running from a hugely successful meet uh, in Reimsdorf tonight, we're now in Pretoria at the Tip Stadium, and it's also the, the home 
sort of track of Casta Semenya. And she's been here as well. So we're expecting a huge crowd tonight. And I think it's going to be a great evening. Now, uh, you mentioned Custer. We'll, we'll chat about her in a sec. But I'm also quite chuffed that it, that it is happening at Tuckies in, in Pretoria because there's uh, some, some special things happening at that university. They've got a high-performance centre that have uh, sort of bred through a lot of athletes over the last few years. You mentioned Custer Semenya trains out of there. But I know the sprinters spend a lot of time there too. And uh, there's some good things happening at uh, Tuckies. And, and uh, I'm glad that they're having a meet there. It's, uh, it's almost like the spiritual home of South African athletics at the moment. Absolutely, you know, and, and one just gets that feel when you walk into the ground here, you know, and, and I mean, I, it's my first visit to Tux. It's actually my first involvement with athletics for a little while since going all the way back to the engine series. But, uh, it, you know, I've walked into this into this, uh, this uh, stadium and you can feel, you know, the the enthusiasm and you spoke about uh, about Chester Semenya, you know, uh, the, the man who's, who's going to be taking on uh, Justin Gatlin and Nasser Jabadwana. He lives just around the corner from here. And uh, he was out here yesterday as well. And he's brought all his friends and a lot of his supporters and fans were here. Um, so it, it, it's almost the, the home of top athletics here in South Africa. So, you know, possibly on a pile with Stellenbosch. So, you know, we are really looking forward to, to seeing uh, a good turnout and hopefully the South Africans are turning it on this evening. Yeah, let's talk about that 150. It's not a, a normal sort of distance as far as the sprints go. But Justin Gatlin was saying at the press conference yesterday, it's the first time he's racing one competitively. It's the first time he's racing this early in the season as well. Is that, is that making excuses before the race has even happened? Uh, what are the odds of, of him losing to, to Anasa Jobadwana tonight? You know what, Brad? There's a couple of people that are, are sort of quietly going around you know, the table saying that they won't be surprised if, if Anasa gets out of the blocks quickly and, um, you know, and manages to, to cause a little bit of an upset. But uh, Justin Gatlin, he got off the back of a 17-hour flight or 16-hour flight from Washington. Uh, he did say that he was, he was in great spirits. You know, he was very, very, uh, very friendly and very accommodating to the photographers that were waiting at the airport. Uh, he did say that uh, possibly jet lag might affect him, but he also said that he flies to Asia a lot, and he's, so he's used to it. Um, but certainly watching him last night training, uh, a number of people that know the sport very well were said they haven't seen that kind of power out of the blocks. You know, the technique, the head down, um, and he's, he's, on the, he's on speed so, so quickly, you know, and, and that just seems to be a, a secret of his, it, it, whereas it might take other athletes a little while to get into their stride. I don't think it's, a, it's an excuse. Um, and, you know, we've, we've certainly got used to uh, the, the sort of Jobadwana's uh, amazing character uh, in terms of taunting, you know, Clarence Munyai after the last event, and he was he was uh, having a full go at, <laughs> at Justin Gatlin at the press conference, saying you need to look over your shoulder. I'm going to be there. Um, but I think deep down, I get the the impression that um, Anasa wants to pull off a surprise, and I think Gatlin's not expecting an easy race. So it's. Uh, it's going to be great entertainment. Well, let's hope. Let's hope it is a positive one for for the South African, especially on on his home track. Uh, he's going to have lots of support as well, which uh, I think will be good. Let's talk about the other big name, and you've uh, touched on her already, Casta Semenya. She's running also in uh, in a distance that uh, I haven't seen run ever personally. I, I know it has been run in the past because uh, I believe it's the longest standing South African athletics records, uh, thousand meter, uh, and I know Casta's going for it tonight. Custer's going to go for it. She said that that's her, her goal, and uh, there's a fair amount of confidence that she's going to pull it off. And, and there was talk earlier that she was looking for a pacer, but um, she's going to be facing, I think her, her primary challenge is going to come from the, the Ugandans, uh, Winnie Nanyondo and uh, Halima Kai. Um, they, they shared one and two um, 
in the in the previous uh, meet in Rainsach. But uh, I think I just don't think they're going to be in the same class as Custer. Um, so, it, but Custer Semenya certainly is, is fired up for this occasion. And there were a couple of people that said that maybe Port Wallace early in the season, you know, is she just going to take this as a training outing? But she certainly seems to be very serious about going for the record. Um, and uh, I think with those two Ugandans uh, hopefully pushing her along, uh, we could see a great race there as well. Should be an absolute beauty. Any others? I mean, I know those are the two big ones everyone's sort of talking about. Anything else of, of sort of serious note that we, we, we should should know of? Well, the 100-meter 100, the 100 race as well, I think is going to be pretty entertaining. We've got Akani Zambani, um, Akani Zambini, should I say. And Akani has raced against uh, Justin Gatton before. A few people disappointed that he's elected to run uh, in the 100 and not, not uh, take on um, Anasso and, and Justin Gatton. Uh, in, in the 150, but Akani's going to hopefully have a have a great uh, run tonight and put on a, a big uh, show for the crowd. And he's going to be pushed hard. Uh, Henrico Brankis will be uh, will be up there with him. Young Terence Munyai, who I rate as, as one of our most exciting prospects, um, you know, to have emerged from South Africa. He's recently improved his time on the 100 from 10.2 to uh, to 10.1. Uh, 10. Uh, he's better known as a 200 runner, but um, you know, he's he's going to be up there as well. And then, of course, also the uh, the other big event is, is to see uh, Joshua uh, Chip, the guy, um, who's going to be out there as well and uh, taking part in the uh, the, the men's uh, uh, 3,000 metre. And uh, so, he, I don't think he's going to have too much of a of, of a problem, in, you know, in terms of uh, in terms of competition. Uh, the very very likable um, man from Uganda uh, has been sort of out there and, and training and making lots of friends. But uh, there you are, that's the other one, the 3,000 men's race. Um, he'll feel a lot more comfortable in 3,000 meter. Uh, he did the, the one, uh, the 1,500 uh, last week in Rainsuk. He'll be a lot more comfortable now in the 3,000 meter. So hopefully the spectators will be treated to, an, to another master class with, uh, with uh, Joshua Chetikai uh, getting out and, and producing a bit there. I know too there's been a bit of rain about Gauteng over the last uh, few weeks. What's the forecast look like for tonight? Are we going to have a, a full program of athletics? Brad, I'm looking back behind me now, and the clouds are gone. We've got beautiful blue Fantastic. skies. We've got a bit of cloud around, but uh, the late forecast was that the rain wouldn't come, and uh, Turkey backed up. We've got 70, 70%, 75% glorious blue sky at the moment, so it's going to be a great evening for athletics. Good news. Pilots coming your way next week. Jeff Aliff, enjoy uh, tonight's program, and we look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks a lot, Brad. Chat soon. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, the second test between the pro tiers in Australia gets underway. It's in George's Park in Port Elizabeth tomorrow. And I think the series is set up very, very nicely at the moment. Australia leading 1-0 after their victory in the first test at Kingsmead. But it was a fiery affair and there's been lots of talk off the pitch. Let's see what happens tomorrow. We're joined now by SABC Sports Tando. Kumane Tando, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. I'm sure with everybody in Port Elizabeth, the excitement's building. Uh, th- this one should be should be quite interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting, Brad, and a good evening to you and the SAFM listeners. Uh, it definitely should be interesting. You know, albeit, you know, uh, it, it, the expectation has been raised by off-the-field incidences. Uh, nonetheless, there's, there's still quite a lot of positives to take from on the field and uh, a couple of knocks, uh, good bowling uh, plans and also performances here and there from Australia. Uh, and I think it's evenly set up here. If the protests slip up here, it will definitely be hard trying to come back into the series down in Cape Town and also uh, with the one final test in the fourth uh, test uh, 
set to be played uh, in the high fold. So this is the time for South Africa to show their might, to show that they are at home, and uh, to make sure that uh, they put Australia in their place, as, as, as we see that they couldn't do that in the first test. Absolutely. And I think one of the areas where the Proteas really need to be better is the top order batters. Uh, they've really struggled. So they struggled against India and they were shown up again uh, against Australia in the first test. But uh, Faf Duplessis earlier this afternoon in the, the press conference saying that uh, if, if they do make any changes, it's probably just going to be one. But they haven't decided yet if that is the case. And he's talking about the return of Temba Bavuma, who has been declared fit. But uh, Faf was saying they're a bit concerned that he hasn't uh, had much uh, game time. He's got no pain in his hand but obviously they're concerned about five days of cricket and and his fitness as far as the hand goes yeah it's really unfortunate that place or position that the Proteas could have answered in is the place that's in contention very highly now with Tina the brain having pulled the goods and having played very superbly in in that uh, opening test and Temba Wafuma is is, is kind of like the exact uh, batsman that they need in that protest middle order at the stage, Brad, with the temperament to bat long hours and you know focus under pressure and 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 bat and stay long at the crease to get himself in uh, until he starts hitting the ball. Well, Tinas De Bruyne is more or less the same uh, uh, player as well as in the Temple of Uma mold. So maybe maybe South Africa should be looking somewhere in that top five, you know, and saying that uh, if a batsman does not perform in this test, because seemingly uh, they've said that they're only going to make one change, if any changes at all. So maybe this is sort of like the last lifeline given to some senior batsmen in that Proteas uh, top order. But uh, nonetheless, that's where they exactly need to fire, Brad, like you say. But uh, it's a bit unfortunate that uh, when, when you have a caliber of player like Katemba Bavuma returning from injury, now it has to be a, a bit of a conundrum on who, on who makes his way. And we, we have one of the very formed players in, in that uh, sort of a conundrum involved in, in Tina's the Brain. But like you say, Brad, I think Aiden Markram would have motivated quite a lot of those uh, senior batsmen who now know that they need to produce the goods Otherwise, their places in the team are not really, really secure. But uh, they can also take a lot of confidence from Quinton Dukok, and I think he'll be fired up even more, especially after what happened. He's got a demerit, uh, and also David Warner the same, and uh, they got fined uh, some match fees of of that first test. But nonetheless, I think this is where the true attitude and the true test of, of the character in the player should come through. They must be careful of David Warner, who just seems to thrive under such a situations and circumstances. And uh, obviously, this, this is well planned from Australia. They've got South Africa up against the, the, the ropes, and, and they're also uh, rubbing it in their noses at the moment. So it's time to counter, and it's time to punch back from the protest. Over the years, we've seen the St. George's pitches uh, being quite spin-friendly. What are we expecting tomorrow from a, from a pitch perspective? Is it going to be a, a fast one, or, or will, will the likes of Keshav Maharaj come into play once again? He had a great first, uh, first test of the series. Will, will he be crucial in, in this one as well? Yeah, most definitely, Brad. I think it's something that we'll see for majority of the series. Nathan Lyon for Australia, Keshav Maharaj also for South Africa coming into the, the, the forefront here. Uh, it, it, it's quite a, a slowish pitch by the looks of things. Uh, South Africa and Australia have had a ball in the side pitches today, but uh, in the square. So it's a tad slower, and they're expecting turn a little bit. Uh, you know, it's, it's not 
more, more or less the same as Durban's humid conditions a little bit later on in the evening here. It's nice and dry in Port Elizabeth, right next to the ocean as well, with a lot of wind. So that would be a factor, a huge factor for the spinners as well later on in the evening. And the sun is scheduled to come out, obviously, but uh, it will probably be on the, on, the, uh, on the movement side of things in the morning, shed some overcast conditions expected overnight, and some maybe a little bit of showers in the morning. But uh, once uh, the ball gets rolling, there's definitely something in for the spinners. It, it will be slow, so I, I, I would uh, recommend that uh, the Proteas will probably be thinking of batting first and putting together a huge first innings uh, total on the board, as per uh, Australia did in the first innings. Yeah, and I'm sure the band, the band are going to be out in full voice as well, as they always are in Port Elizabeth. It should be a great atmosphere. Tundo, as always, great uh, to catch up. Uh, enjoy the test match, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up throughout uh, the next five days. Thanks for your time tonight on SAFM. Yeah, thanks, Brad. South Africa is finally showing signs of optimism and growth, so there's no better time than now to invest in the country. How? By investing in your business with Whole View Business Banking from Nedbank. The debtor management solution allows you to borrow easily against your debtor's book and realize up to 80% of its locked-up cash. Cash you can use to secure new deals and grow your business along with growing the economy. Partner with Nedbank today and take your business to the next level. Call 0860-555-333 for more information. See money differently, Nedbank. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Former Sascock CEO Tubby Reddy has made several corruption allegations against his former boss and Sascock president Gideon Sam. Reddy was testifying at the Ministerial Committee of Inquiry into Sascock governance at the Ellis Park Stadium earlier today. He was dismissed by Sascock in January this year after being found guilty for sexual harassment and maladministration by an internal disciplinary hearing. Reddy says allegations of Sam being corrupt are in the public domain. I I find it necessary to make this submission uh, in terms of the allegations that Mr. Gideon Sam continues to make against myself. It is strange that Mr. Sam is making accusations against the CFO and myself about corruption when allegations are in the public domain, allegations that he had attempted to bribe advocate Norman Aronser SC while he was chairing a tender committee. This story was carried far and wide in the media, including carte blanche. This begs the question as to why a senior counsel would lie on such a crucial matter, or alternatively, why Gideon Sam did not sue Norman Aronser for defamation of character. Reddy, who was a Sascock CEO for nine years, also supported some of the allegations of conflict of interest against Sam that had been made in this inquiry by various witnesses up to date. The, uh, this included Sam's alleged ties with the sports marketing company Accelerate Sport and serving on the National Lottery Distribution Fund. Gideon Sam served as the chair of the Lottery Distribution Agency for Sport, which body adjudicated and made allocations to the Federation. At this time, he was also a director of Accelerate Sport, a company that raised sponsorship for federations. It is alleged that he abused this position at the lotto. Worst of is the fact that his company would then get the Federation to pay them commission for the monies received from the lottery. If you study the accounts of Cycling South Africa, you will see the commissions paid to accelerate sport. I brought this issue to the attention of Sport and Recreation South Africa Director General and to the National Lotteries Commission at that point in time, uh, as I believed I needed to 
protect the integrity of SASCO. That was the first stage of a fallout between Gideon Sam and myself. SABC Sport also understands that Sascock has got a contract with media company Hubri Safika Media that is reported to be worth 300,000 rand a month. Reddy also alleged that Sam interfered when he wanted to terminate Safika's contract due to unsatisfactory delivery. Gideon Sam's dealings with Hubri Safika Media. In 2009, Gideon Sam came to the board and tabled the company Hubri Safika Media as a company we should consider to do the PR and media work for Sascock. He believed they were very good and very professional. I was tasked to engage with Ivory Sofika Media and secure the agreement. I reported back to the board and it was agreed that a four-year contract be signed for 2009 to 2012. Given their good work, we renewed for 2013 to 2016. In the second cycle, we started to experience some problems with Ivory Sofika Media. I decided to write a letter to the CEO Kevin Ferguson to address our concerns on SASCOP. Gideon Sam questioned me as to why I had raised issues with Hybrid Sofika Media after he had received direct communication from Kevin Ferguson in this regard. I sought legal advice on terminating the contract. Gideon Sam then saw fit to sideline me and asked Mark Alexander, a board member, to address Hybrid Sofika Media on this matter. No attempts have been made to get out of this contract and Ivory Sofika Media continue to provide less than satisfactory delivery of their commitments to SASCO. Today was day seven of the Ministerial Committee of Inquiry into SASCO governance, and uh, the Commission started four weeks ago. Reddy, who had submitted 782 pages of documents, uh, was also accompanied by former Chief Financial Officer and former Executive Manager in Reddy's office, Jean Kelly. All three officials were dismissed in January on allegations of sexual harassment, financial mismanagement, and corruption. Reddy also alleged that their first appearance at the Commission of Conciliation, Mediation, and Arbitration, the CCMA, last week, SASCO tried to settle with him. I was at the CCMA on Thursday last week. I asked for reinstatement. Mr. Barry Hendricks represented Saskok and told me it was not likely that they would reinstate me. Instead, they made me an offer as follows. One, 12 months salary. Two, to drop all charges against me. Three, to drop all criminal charges against me. That's the same one where there was a picture on social media showing Mr. Gideon Sam posing outside Rosebank Police Station with his files going to lay the charge. So if they are so confident that crimes have been committed, why are they so willing to withdraw charges without getting a mandate from the board or the membership? This makes me wonder. Thank you very much. Reddy also responded to the allegations of sexual harassment against him that led to his dismissal in January. Saskok employee Desiree Varden accused Reddy of sexual harassment last year. I first heard about the allegations of sexual harassment made by Desiree Varden against me from Kaya Majeke in January 2017. Kaya had been asked by Gideon Sam to ask me to resign and walk away quietly from Saskok because of the allegations. I was shocked about these allegations and indicated to Mr. Majeke that I would not resign as these allegations are false. I heard nothing more about these allegations until 16 May 2017 when I was contacted by the Beard regarding these allegations. Desiree Saiz and myself are known to each other through volleyball for more than 30 years. 
Even though we had crossed swords in the past over volleyball, I employed her as I was aware of her commitment to sport. At the beginning, we shared a very good relationship. Her husband served with me on the executive of Volleyball South Africa, and as far as I was concerned, our relationship was good. I subsequently learned that Desiree Warden had alleged that I had sexually harassed her during the period 2009 to 2011. Desiree Warden and I initially shared a very good and cordial working relationship from 2009 when she joined SASCOC as manager coach development. In fact, the relationship amongst management and staff was of a jovial and friendly nature. There was always laughter and adult banter amongst colleagues, which led to a pleasant working environment. This was essential given the stressful nature and demands of the organization. Reddy also told the inquiry that spouses and partners of the SASCOC board members got allowances of 2,400 rand a day during the 2016 Rio Olympic Games in Rio. Areas of possible wasteful expenditure would include the following. The insistence that board members be taken to both Commonwealth Games and Olympic Games or Paralympic Games, as well as the announcement of the Commonwealth Games in Auckland in 20, September 2015. When one adds up the costs for flights, accommodation, per diem, and meal allowances, as well as clothing, this becomes a sizable amount of money. In terms of a board decision, all board members were invited to attend either the Rio Olympic Games or the Paralympic Games at Sasquatch's expense. The board decided that each board member would receive a per diem of $200 per day. This, board, this per diem of a flat rate of $200 per day was effectively changed from the normal, which was $500 per day to the president, $350 per day to the vice and deputy president, and $200 per day to the board members. Yeah, it was $200 per day and $100 meal allowance per day. Each board member was also given meal allowance and the, uh, as well as the spouse of any board member traveling was also given the meal allowance. When the initial group of board members arrived in Rio, they complained vociferously to Gideon Sam that the meal allowance was not sufficient and that the accommodation was not of five-star quality. Gideon Sam then instructed me to give each board member and spouse an extra $100 per day meal allowance per person per day. On our return from the Games, the board conveniently rescinded their original decision and took a retrospective decision making the payments made in Rio legitimate. He also testified that at the, at the time when Sam was receiving travelling allowances from SASCOC, he was also getting these allowances from the Commonwealth Games Federation without declaring it. SASCOC has a policy and procedure manual that outlines the per diems and allowances that one is entitled to while one is servicing SASCOC. We were never aware that Gideon Sam gets or is entitled to any per diem allowance while travelling on behalf of the Commonwealth Games Federation, of which he is the Vice President. Subsequently, we found that he does indeed receive these allowances from the CGF. His PA, Kim Schoenfeld, used to continue to apply to SASCOP as well for allowances for duty for the CGF. We stumbled upon this fact when we received an invoice from the CGF for monies that we as SASCOP was owing to the CGF. In this invoice, we found that the CGF wanted us to reimburse them an amount of $920, which allowance, they said, was overpaid by them to Gideon Sam. We informed the CGF that we would be unable to reimburse the $920, as this would now have to be paid by Gideon Sam directly to them. 
Clearly, the actions of Gideon Sam amounted to double dipping and a failure to disclose to the board, which is an act of dishonesty. We do have a communique from the CGF in that regard. Some startling revelations from that inquiry today. And listening to that, all I can think of are those horrendous tracksuits the athletes had to wear and the struggles the athletes had to have with Saskok to get money to fund uh, their performances in the build-up to major competitions. Shake my head is all I can say. I'll be back again tomorrow on PM Live. The talk shop is up next from myself, Brad Brown. Have yourself a great evening. It is 7 o'clock.